You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode of the podcast is going to be a follow-up from the sermon it's about repentance. We read Daniel chapter 9, and today I want to talk about the idea of communal or social repentance. So let me set the stage. In Daniel chapter 9, Daniel looks up under the rule of Darius and realizes that the exile has lasted about 70 years. He remembers that Jeremiah wrote a letter inspired by God's Spirit that said that the exile would last 70 years. But Daniel also realizes that Israel continues to sin. There hasn't been national revival. People aren't giving their hearts back to the Lord. So Daniel takes sackcloth and ashes and has a moment of repentance for his nation. You find something kind of similar in Nehemiah chapter 9. The difference in Nehemiah is that Nehemiah is not repenting alone. He's surrounded by others from Israel who are there at the Feast of Tabernacles. But today I want to take Daniel's prayer, his petition to God, and I want us to think about how it can help us as believers engage in our country in a moment that is, to say the least, difficult. So, Daniel chapter 9. In the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, Lord the great and awesome God, who keeps His covenant of love with those who love Him and keep His commandments. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from Your commands and laws. We have not listened to Your servants, the prophets who spoke in Your name to our kings, our princes, and our ancestors, and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered in shame. The people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and all Israel, both near and far, in all the countries where you have scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you. We and our kings, our princes, and our ancestors are covered with shame, Lord. Because we have sinned against you. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving. Even though we have rebelled against him, we have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept his laws that he gave us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore, the curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us. Because we have sinned against you. We have fulfilled the words spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing on us great disaster. Under the whole heaven, nothing has ever been done like what has been done to Jerusalem. Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come on us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. The Lord did not hesitate to bring the disaster on us, for the Lord our God is righteous in everything He does, yet we have not obeyed Him. Now, 
Lord our God, who brought our people out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and who made for yourself a name that endures to this day, we have sinned. We have done wrong. Lord, in keeping with your righteous acts, turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and the iniquities of our ancestors have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, our God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act for your sake, my God. Do not delay because your city and your people bear your name. So this is a very, very powerful passage, a very powerful prayer of repentance from Daniel. Basically, the setting is that Israel disobeyed God's commands. They broke his covenant for years. God sent prophets. They continued to disobey for decades. Finally, God sent the disaster he had promised. It's as if God had turned Israel over to the path they'd chosen. They wanted rebellion against God, and so God moved away and stopped protecting them. They wanted sin, and they got the rewards of their sin. They wanted to be like other nations, and they got it. So as God gave Israel over to what Israel chose, sin brought desolation and pain and suffering. The city was conquered by the Babylonians. The temple was burned. People were taken into captivity. Many were killed or raped or murdered. People lost their lives. People lost their hope. And so for decades, Jerusalem lay in ruins. People were scattered as refugees, exiles, and slaves. To be honest, I don't think we as modern readers can feel the pain or understand the suffering. Daniel said nothing like this has been done like what has been done in Jerusalem. He said nothing under heaven has happened like this before. Daniel clearly knew stories of people who were suffering intently because they rejected God's voice. But what I think is powerful is that when Daniel prays this prayer, you and I probably think of Daniel as a righteous person. And I know that on the one hand, righteous people are very aware of their sin. And righteous people understand that God has mercy on us, not because of our righteousness, but because of God's mercy. So I understand all that. And yet I see that Daniel is a man who's tried to keep God's covenants, his commandments, at least the best we can tell. Daniel is a man that God chose as a prophet and to whom God gave visions. So Daniel seems like a person who has not spent these 70 years living in great sin. And yet, he prays this prayer of repentance to God. And this is what's powerful to me. He consistently says, we. All right, this is interesting to me, that Daniel, when he reflects on the pain and the suffering that Israel feels, that Jerusalem feels, that his nation, his people feel, He doesn't look up to God and say, you should do something about this. You should have already done something about this. This is your fault. You gave us to the Babylonians. He didn't say that. He recognized it was his sin and their sin that brought this kind of suffering on Jerusalem. And when he prayed to God about it, he prayed with the word, we. Now, I want us to stop and think about that because 
when we look around at the nation that we love as citizens of the United States of America, many of us are great patriots. We have national pride. Uh, we, we, we love our nation. We know it's not perfect, and we know that our nation has sinned, that we personally have sinned, that our ancestors sinned. We're not surprised by this. We find ourselves in a tough moment as a country. And I don't know if sometimes the response for a believer shouldn't include a prayer like Daniel's. Now, I think that believers should do lots of things to heal our country. I think what our country needs is the gospel rightly lived out. I think we need to receive the gospel of Jesus and be changed from the inside out. We need to love each other so that we don't have to have laws that regulate, but rather our hearts are turned towards each other. I think we need to seek justice and stand up for those that don't have justice. I think that we need as believers to do so many things. I think we need to have believers involved in politics and law to help make sure that justice is done and that people are cared for. I think that we need lots of solutions to the mess that we're in, but I think it's wise for us as believers, instead of throwing the blame around and always saying, America's in a mess and it's their fault, instead of it always being they, I think maybe there's wisdom to follow Daniel's pattern and to stop and just for a moment sit in solidarity with our nation and say, God, we have sinned. To go before the Lord with legitimate repentance, confessing our sins, the sins of our nation. And I think just as personally, we have a hard time repenting because it's really difficult sometimes to admit where we've been wrong. Our pride just doesn't like it. I feel the same way sometimes with my patriotism and national pride that it's hard to talk about our imperfections and blemishes. And by no means am I suggesting that we dwell on them or define ourselves by our mistakes. But I do think it's wise for us to sit before the Lord and acknowledge the sins that we have against Him and to ask for God's forgiveness. And I wonder how God will move in the lives of believers as we begin to do this. I can tell you what happened for Daniel. So after Daniel prayed this prayer of repentance... God sent a messenger, the angel Gabriel, to tell Daniel a little bit about the good news that was coming, about hope, about what God would do in response. And maybe though the problems wouldn't all be solved for believers going to their prayer closet and repentance for our nation, it could be that God would open our minds to see his solutions, to recognize where he's moving next. Maybe we'd walk out with a sense of hope, with more clarity on the gospel. So, church family, I just wanted to walk away from Daniel chapter 9 and acknowledge that on Sunday, we walked through this text as a congregation, and we talked a lot about personal repentance. But in fact, when Daniel prays this prayer, he's praying it on behalf of his nation, Jerusalem, whom he loves, Israel, his people. And so, I think it's wise for us to just reflect for a moment about the power of national repentance and the place for believers to follow Nehemiah and Daniel in this moment of acknowledging our sin, our guilt, standing before the Lord with that. It might do us more good than putting it all over Facebook or arguing about it. So, church, I love you, and I hope that your prayers are strong this week, that God would open your hearts and your minds to love Him well, and that you would live a week on mission with Jesus. God bless you. Have a fantastic day. Can't wait to see you Wednesday night and Sunday as we gather to worship.